Just a heads up, this is a feel-good podcast, but we do talk about some mental health issues. So remember, if you or a mate needs help, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 and check out our show notes for more helpful resources. Hey there, you're listening to Good Talk Great Mate, a podcast made by young people for young people. Come join us for a chat on the banks of the Namoi River. So sit back and relax, your mental break starts now. Hello and welcome back to the Good Talk Great Mate podcast. My name is Kate Weeks and I'm coming to you guys from Narrabri's 2MAX FM studio on Camilleroy Country. Today, I'll be bringing you part two of our episode with our very own local legend, Mr. David Pierce. We'll be discussing the issues and stigma with mental health and well-being, David's own experiences with a mentor, and the positive influences a decent role model can have in boosting your morale, confidence and overall mental wellness. David here has been all over the place, racking up the experience of a fulfilled life over time. But to make him relevant to us, he has grown up in and around Narrabri leaving us confident enough to say he knows the place and the people like the back of his hand. That's why I value his personal advice and see him fit as an excellent mentor for young adults in the local community. But to be able to back that one yourself, be sure you tune in to the following conversation on the importance of having a good role model. If you're comfortable talking about it, of course, how do you manage your own mental health? Um, This is a really interesting and a very passionate topic that I I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress after um, a mugging in Sydney when, when I was living there. I was walking home back to my unit in a very safe suburb in Sydney and was attacked by these three young men. One had a knife to my throat and threw me to the ground and fast forward five years, I didn't deal with the situation. I basically just went back to my apartment and um, went on with my life. And five years down the track, an incident happened, walking home home again, that triggered. And I'd never dealt with mental health. I'd never, um, I'd never had, a, had a really understanding or a lot of knowledge on what mental health was. So I began to have all these things. I was in Town Hall Station one day getting the train and I thought I was having a heart attack. And so anyway, I collapsed in and I, and I don't know whether you've ever been to Town Hall Station, but it's quite a busy place, you know, in the middle of the day. And here I am just sweating and my heart's racing and no one stopped to help me. So I, it was only that this ambulance officer just happened to be walking by and he, and he anyway he he said I think you're having a panic attack and I said a what I'd never even heard of the, the word so this sort of went on for quite some time and I kept on having these things that apparently were called a panic attack so then I had to well I was suggested that I go and see a psychologist. So I did. And then that was when he started talking about this thing called post-traumatic stress. It's, it has been something that, that I didn't plan to happen, but in hindsight and hind, and hindsight can be, a, can be a funny thing. I have learned so much about not only my own mental health, but um, other people's as well. And I think that the thing for me 
that I've taken away from this is to to understand it. Unfortunately, there is still such a stigma out in society about mental health and especially teenage and youth mental health. It's just we need to educate people because mental health with medication and the right diagnosis and other things such as like meditation, um, talking to people um, and things like that can actually help. You can manage it and you can live with it. It's something that I have been managing and living with for the past nearly 20 or 25 years. So, but hey, you know, I function and that's all come down to not only educating myself, but to educating others as well. Um, Cause it's such an important part of every, everyone's life. And I think that if we, and this is such an opportunity doing this podcast as well about mental health is the more people that we can educate and to talk openly about it and to get rid of that stigma, people can actually get on and live a, a normal life. Yes, yes, so true. Thank you for sharing that, David. I really want to know how mental healthiness was in the fashion industry. Did it take a bit of a toll on you? Or, Absolutely, or Kate. Or about, sorry. No, 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 absolutely. Um, as I said, the fashion industry can be fun and, and it's exciting and, and it's fast and that's what I loved about it. Um, but it can and it did and it did have an effect on me. My main time in the fashion industry working in Sydney was towards the late 90s and it was very image driven. All the models were, were waif thin and for me personally, working in the industry that I was and representing a brand, I was, um, the whole thing about eating disorders were quite prominent then. And, um, and that's something that I had never really been exposed to. And, um, on a personal level, it became sort of almost a little bit obsessive for me about because I was representing a brand and I had an image to upkeep and having to maintain a perfect weight and a perfect body and a perfect image was basically became part of my job. And probably that was the, that was the downside of it, but I didn't realise it was happening because everyone around me was doing exactly the same thing. And that's probably the most interesting part. And even now, I'm quite um, conscious about the way that I look and the way that I maintain my weight and stuff like, like that. This is something that I've really never, ever spoken about. This is quite, it's quite a, a, a private and a personal thing. But I think it's so, so important because um, after I was attacked um, and talking to the psychiatrist, it really opened my eyes that we do store all this stuff um, and we carry it. And some people can just let it go. But for me, I was just, you know, still conscious about the way that I looked, the size that I, that I was, the way that I spoke, the way that I walked, every, everything. Because in the in industry, it's very, very much judged about that, which is a shame because... And I, and, and I think going back to when I created Authentic Trademarks, I was very anti-everything. It didn't, I didn't care what size you were what, what, or the way that you looked. Um, it was just everyone was, could and were a part 
of, of it. And I think that that's probably something that doesn't happen enough today, in, in especially for youth. Um, and things like that can and still does have an effect on your mental health. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, David. I know that is an issue that I see a lot of people dealing with these days. Mm. Jacob said that authentic trademarks was a safe space for him. Is that what you aimed for? And could you tell us more about what you tried to create in that business? Yeah, sure, Kate. Um, I think my intention for authentic trademarks, not only to be like this incredible um, fashion place um, for youth to, to inspire them, it was always um, more. It was about creating a safe, a safe space and a and a and a cool place that that kids could come and ha- hang out in. It was a place that they always felt comfortable coming to to work. They always loved coming to work, and it was just it was just a place that we could hang out. My my stuff never ran out that door. It was always we always had a bit of a like almost like a, a debrief session at, at the end of the day, and. I think that is something that is really, really important, not not only in like a working environment, but at school as well. Actually talk talk about your day and just say, you know, so what actually happened, you know, get all those things off your chest because if we don't communicate, no one's going to know how, how we're feeling. And I think that's something really, really important. And that's what I created um, with the Authentic Trademarks family. We, everyone was there. We looked after each other. Nothing was a nothing was was a taboo subject. You know, everyone has a bad a bad day, but it's really comforting and supportive to know that there's always someone there to say, "Hey, you know what? It's going to be it's going to be okay." Yeah, thank you for touching on that, David. Um, it's good to hear that you strive to create such a good environment for yourself, your customers, and your employees. That's Really amazing, a really good characteristic. And I and I think that that's something that's really really important. Doesn't matter where wherever you you are, whether it's home, whether it's school, whether it's your friend friend group, um, it's really really important to surround yourself with good people that are like minded. Um, you will always get your haters. It doesn't matter wherever you are. Thank you, David. So being a good role model means that people feel comfortable talking to you. Obviously. <laughs> If people think a friend or someone they know is having an issue, how do you bring it up to them in a way that doesn't scare them off? Kate, the easiest way to to answer that is to start the conversation. That is that is one piece of advice that was given to me not that long ago, actually. Um, Gus Wallen, who heads up Gotcha for Life Foundation, um, I had the privilege of meeting he and his wife. They came to Narrabri High, and we've and we've done quite a few workshops with Tomorrow Man, Tomorrow Woman, um, and I had the privilege of sitting down for dinner and talking to to Gus and his and his lovely wife. And um, for me, that was the one thing that I took away was to start a conversation. Like some people find it really hard just to talk about it, but sometimes you don't even have to say anything, just to just to sit there and say, hey, how are you today? Just ask, just start a conversation. That's all that you need to do. Yeah, no, thanks, David. I have to, I have to write that one down as the keynote somewhere. I know 
pride is a bit of an underlying problem when it comes to teens. Do you think there's an effective practice or path that helps take ownership of our own feelings and reactions? Yeah, I do. I do, Kate. I think that, and this, and and this go, also goes back to what I said previously about educating people about mental health and understanding your own mental health, about the the signs, the triggers, all those sort of things like that. The more that we can learn and understand about it, not only for every everyone else, but for us as an individual, is so so important. I know on a personal level, I have triggers um, with my anxiety and triggers with different things. But now that I have learnt um, how I can do with it and what makes me a better person has made such a difference to way that I function and live my life. Yeah, I understand that. So you might not have been this typical country kid, but you work for Levi's, professionally modelled, you ran a whole neutered Narrabri business and now you're an essential part of Narrabri High School where I know you enjoy and become quite involved in representation of mainstream events like Mad Night and Formals. I want to know a bit more about your success story. Could you tell us about some of the big names you've run into and the real highlights of your career so far? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> people, people will be sick of me to talking about, about this sort of thing. Look, I, was, I, I had a very, very fortunate – oh, sorry. I have had a very, very fortunate life um, and so many opportunities came uh, working in Sydney, working – for Levi's, probably one of the most exciting things that I had the opportunity was to meet um, Chris Isaac. So Chris Isaac, for those people that don't know, is um, an incredible musician who I listened to when I was doing my HSC back in 1980-something. Incredible man who was just sung. He, his, he was a boxer in a, in a previous life. Anyway, I was just a huge fan. When I was working in Sydney, Chris Isaac was coming to Australia and we, Levi's, had the opportunity to dress him. So part of my role was to uh, get the celebrities to wear our product when they were in Australia. And so when I heard that Chris Isaac was coming and we and I had to dress him, I was just like the biggest, like I was thinking, I have to be cool. I have to be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so this, this man that I had idolised from the time I was like, you know, 16, uh, walked into the Levi store in Pitt Street Mall in Sydney. And I was just like, for once in my life, Kate, I know you're not going to believe this, but I was actually speechless. I didn't know what to what to say. And this man, who was a lot shorter than what I thought, actually came up and in his very, very smooth voice said, it was, so, it was such a pleasure to meet you. And, um, and it was interesting, like he'd... I think, and, and I think this is something that youth can actually take a, take away from this from this story is that we idolise to these people, and it's more so than ever on on social media. But at the end of the day, they're just normal people like us. And Chris Isaac was an incredible man um, who was very extremely generous with his time and with his uh, with his thoughts and his advice. He invited my, myself and the head of PR for Sydney to his concert that night and actually mentioned 
thank you to Mr. Levi's. He referred to me as Mr. Levi's during the concert. And then years later when he was back doing um, Australian Idol, I think it was Australian Idol or The Voice, one of one of the two, and he was back in Sydney and I happened to be in Sydney and he was signing autographs in somewhere in the city and I left it to the very, very last minute and I went up to him and I said, oh, hey, Chris, you probably don't remember me, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, my God, he said, it's Mr Levi's. And that for me was probably the most amazing story that came out of my time there. And all those incredible people that I met had an impact on the person that I, that I am now. Um, and it sort of inspired me to think that, you know, I can do – whatever I really, really want. And at the end of the day, these people are just ordinary people. You know, Kylie Minogue was was, was another classic example. Um, I'll just have to – she is so tiny and I'm six foot four and I remember the one thing that she said to me, I got her to wear this little red Levi jacket, which is so cool. And she and she said to me, "You are really tall." And she and, and I think that she came underneath my arm. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, it was very, very fortunate. I had the most incredible um, opportunities. And this is and this is what I said earlier: never miss an opportunity because you don't know when that can all end. And it does, and it will. And life moves on, and you change, and you and you evolve, and you become a better version or you you have the choice to become a better version of a person that you were that you are now it's all through the people that I've met and the men the, the mentors and the opportunities that I've taken on in my in my life I mean as a who who would have thought that I would be working at the high school you know working with with people like you so you know that is an opportunity that came and I love it so it's good it sounds like you were all the buzz back in the day, David. <laughs> oh, okay, I had my fifteen minutes of fame, but yeah, but that was that was a long, long, long time. That's a time time ago. <laughs> yeah. So, David, are there any missed opportunities that you once had that you really wish you didn't? Kate, yes, there is. I'm not. I'm not a person that regrets anything because I just think you know that was cho- choices, and we all have choices to make. Part of my job working for Levi's was to get people to wear our products. So I got to work with wardrobe people on like home, home and away, and um, Baywatch down down under when they when they filmed it here, and all those incredible things. And it was just it just all happened so so fast that you just you're on this amazing roller coaster ride. One of the things that um, that my dear dear friend Jeannie from Levi's who was a PR woman she she said she was fabulous and she knew everyone and she had a black book with people's names in it and she could call them and we would get tickets to you know the latest concerts and all these other sort of things and Jeannie taught me about networking and this is something that I'm trying to to instill um, with the students at Narrabri High is just to start networking with people because you never know where an opportunity may lead to. So to answer your question, Kate, about have I ever had a missed, a missed opportunity, I was working um, with uh, a woman who was um, – when she was doing Baywatch down under, she was in charge of the wardrobe and she was, I don't know whether you've ever seen the movie Devil Wears Prada. I've heard of it. I definitely have heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So the woman, um, Miranda. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miranda Priestley. Anna Hathaway. 
yeah, 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 and yeah. Anne Hathaway. So the character, the main ca- character, Miranda Priestley, um, is the editor of like a um, like a Vogue fashion ma- magazine in New York, and the woman that was in charge of the wardrobe reminds me so so much of her. She was just like nothing would would get past her, and she wanted A B C D. She didn't want to hear about E and N F. And I thought, wow, this woman's amazing. She and I got on really really well. I learned so much from from her I got to think really really quickly anyway not long before I decided to make the move to move back home to Narrabri she calls me this day and she said David I've got an opportunity for you I can't tell you what it is at the moment but it's something that could change the course of your life at that, that time, I was, you know, in a headspace of, you know, I'd had enough with working in this city and I was moving home. I said, oh, look, no, look, it's fine. Can you tell me what it is? And she said, I will ring you after I can announce it. So when I say missed opportunity, I had an opportunity to work on this movie that they were doing, um, helping her in the wardrobe that they were doing in Sydney at the time. And it was by this um, director and his first name was Baz and at the time I didn't know who this person person was anyway it turns out to be um, helping on the war, the wardrobe for Baz Luhrmann's movie Moulin Rouge so <gasps> that's a missed opportunity so oh, but anyway David. it wasn't it wasn't meant to meant to but be yeah 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 so why'd you why'd you move back that's what I want to know Okay, look, there's so many different reasons why. Um, You know, probably one of the biggest things that I'd missed was the sense of community. My community uh, was my Levi family there and it was an incredible time and time that I will never forget. But, you know... After nearly five five years working in that in that fast paced environment, it was time for me to move on. And um, yeah, I just came home for a weekend, and I decided that it was time for me to have a change and to do something for my for my for myself. You know, I'd worked in the industry for fifteen years and almost five years for Levi's, and it was time for me to to do something on my own and to use all the information and the experience and what people had taught me to actually say hey you know what maybe I can do this to my for myself so yeah that was that was the main reason why yeah well I'm I'm so pleased you came back David (laughs) thank you Kate don't know where I'd be without you thank you Kate um even though you returned to Narrabri would you advise going away hundred percent look in in saying, in saying that going away is not for everybody and I have, since I've been working at the school, I've noticed that the expectations or the pressure that a lot of students put on themselves is to, you have to go away, you have to go, you have to pack your bags and all those sort of things like that. But you know what, that's not for everybody, you know, and I think the message or the, the most important thing that that people uh, forget about is that we need young people to build a community and I think that's something extremely important but if you are a, a type of person that aspires or or is inspired to see what's on the other, the other side of the world pack your bags and go because it's a big wide world out there 
and I and as I said, I'm very fortunate to to have um, to explored and experienced and to have seen so much of the world and the amazing people and the opportunities that it can give you. Lovely, David. It sounds very worthwhile. Now, job advice. How do we find a job and career path that we love that doesn't feel like work? Like, where do we even start? Where do you start? That's a really good question, Kate. Just do something that you love and you're passionate about. There are so many people that go into a job just because it's a job with a prestige or whatever, and they end up hating the job. I... As I said earlier, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, there's no way in the world now that I could be a doctor. Um, Dr. David Pierce. Dr. David, <laughs> Dr. David. But I had, and I literally fell into the fashion industry. Um, I just, I had no intention of doing that. It was just something that I, that I fell into and I found out that I loved it because it allowed me to be creative. It allowed me um, or taught me uh, the confidence that I needed as on a personal level. And I also think that to do something that you love, it's not, it's never a job. And just go and explore so many different things, like work in so many different industries. You know, like I've worked in hospitality. I've worked in the local newspaper for, for a brief period of time. I've worked in retail. Um, I've, I've taught it. I've taught it TAFE, you know, and then I decided to run my own business. So I think if one piece of advice to something that you love and explore as much as you, you can, there's no set rules. Yeah, no, that is that is helpful there, David. Um, so you started your own successful business from scratch, but you also used to employ people. What kind of thing do employers look for? Like what do we need to nail our dream job and what shouldn't we be doing? Okay, first impressions are lasting impressions. From the minute that you walk in to a job interview, whether it's on a retail floor or whether it's a formal setup interview, you literally have less than 20 seconds to make an impression. If you don't, if you've got to sell, sell yourself. I don't care what job it is, whether you're going for a job as a journalist, um, a mechanic, an engineer, whether you're going for um, a retail job, a, hos- a hospitality job, you literally have less than 20 seconds from the time that you walk into that room. Um, so think about things like that, about how you're going to approach the way that you that you speak, eye contact, the way that you dress, and to be confident about what you want to do. You actually want to sell yourself. So these people will go, wow, I remember that girl. What was her name? I can't remember her name, but she had the coolest T-shirt on that said the best cat dad dad (laughs) ever. Um, All those little, little things like that, Kate. (laughs) Thank you, David. (laughs) I'm actually wearing a T-shirt at the moment. It's going to surprise you, but it says best cat dad ever. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But my last question about the fashion industry, I know it I know it can suck you in and then spit you right back out. But what's your advice on cracking an industry like that? Cracking into the industry or surviving it? Surviving. Surviving it. You have to be tough. You have to be resilient. You have to work bloody hard and 
don't be scared to be a jack of all trades. I think even now, like when I walk into fashion retail stores, I can pick it to pieces and fix it in five minutes. Um, and the biggest, the biggest thing is customer service. I think that that is the biggest thing. And it goes back to we've become so reliant on shopping on the internet, um, social media. People forget to talk. I'll give you an, exa an example. I went into a retail store in Tamworth yesterday and um, amazing store. The store looked incredible. Not one of the staff acknowledged my presence while I was in there and I went in there to buy something. And so I quickly walked out, walked across the road to their competitor. Amazing staff, fantastic customer service. We chatted. I bought what I did. I went out and I thought to myself, you know what, actually I'm going back in there and, and saying to this woman, thank you so much for your amazing customer service. So little little things like that, Kate. Yeah, and I'm going to guess after working in that industry, it's, is stuff like that kind of like really stand out? Oh, it like, is, oh, it is, it is. It, it's it like really... someone put effort in for that. Like yep. it's. Yep. Yeah, 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 and it is, and it is a case of, it is the survival of the fittest. But that, but that, it's not only in the fashion in industry. I think it's any um, job that you do. If you work hard, you love what you you do, and you stand stand out. People will recognise you, and that's once again. I keep using this word. I feel like I've overused it, <laughs> but but opportunities will ha happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. Pe people people see things and they go, okay, this person is interested in what I'm interested in and what and what I love. What opportunities can I give this person? Sounds amazing, David. Very very inspiring. I'm gonna finish with a bit of a heavy one. Take your time answering this. What's the secret to success? Whoa. I don't think anyone has ever asked, asked me that question, Kate. The secret to success. I think we have to break down what success actually means before you can answer that. Success for me in my 20s is completely different to what success is in my 50s. I think society and ourselves as people, we put so much pressure on ourselves to to succeed but do we actually know what that means to us is it more important what success means to others I think that's something that we really need to think to think about yeah yeah before we finish up today David is there anything you want to add um and why do you agree to come here today what what made you what made you want to Okay, other than you, you so beautifully asked me, would I be, be part of this podcast? Um, I think I think it's it's an opportunity for somebody like me that has life experiences and challenges to to overcome. Um, just to say, hey, what you know, you can actually do do these things, and you can overcome challenges in your life, um, whether it be mental mental health, whether it be um, job satisfaction, all those things like that. So, um, yeah, if I could just if I could just add one thing, probably you know what, nothing's really changed. The bullies are still the bullies at school. There's still the drama that that goes on at school, but. 
it's the way that we do with stuff. Um, and if I can give our listeners one bit of advice, just, you know what, sometimes it's easier just to walk, to walk away because it's not worth it. And school is a very, very short period of your life. We all have choices to make. And um, you know what? It's about feeling good about yourself and enjoying the time and making the best of the opportunities that are given to us. So, yeah, that's probably the one one bit of advice I'd like to leave today. That's all the questions I have for you, David. Sorry for the interrogation. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Good Talk Great Mate podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, David. Really appreciate it. It was amazing to have you. Kate, it's been my absolute pleasure to be be here and chatting with you today. Thank you for listening to the Good Talk Great Mate podcast. This podcast is proudly supported by the Narrabri Shire Council and funded by the New South Wales Government. If you or a mate needs help, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14 and check out our show notes for more helpful resources. If you or a mate is in crisis, please call Lifeline 13 11 14, Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800 or on the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467. Or you can talk about support available with your doctor or a local rural mental health coordinator. And mate, it'd be great if you subscribed, gave us a follow, and shared this episode with your friends. Catch you next time.